The following is a production of Phoenix Media. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. The weird and baffling mystery surrounding Sidney Rycross, the British explorer, and the sacred black pearl of the Egyptian god Osiris, is taxing to the full even the powers of Superman. One phase of the problem was solved when, in our last episode, Clark Kent discovered that the real Sidney Rycroft is actually a woman, that the man who pretended to be Rycroft is an imposter. Unknown to Kent, back at his apartment, Tumbleweed Jones is in the power of the Egyptian fanatic Humi, who, pistol in hand, was about to force Tumbleweed to go with him to his hideout. However, our mystery took a strange twist just then, for as Humi and Tumbleweed were about to leave the apartment, the lamp on the table was suddenly smashed to bits. And out of the darkness came a whisper. Listen. Stop your phone, Randy. And stop it quickly. Jeffrey and Kyle. That voice. That whisper. Who are you? I'm called the whisperer. Now stop your phone. Stop it. I reckon it's how you better drop it, Effendi. Yeah. This here is getting to be regular three-ring circus. Me, I've seen many a rodeo, but nothing can tie this for excitement. Whisperer, who are you? How come you to show up at just the right minute? Yeah, I kind of suspected that. Now, Whisperer, maybe you tell me how come I've suddenly become so all-fired important to so many people. And at our closet there, there's another fellow that was holding me up before this here Oriental stepped in and held him up. And that other closet's my young friend Jimmy. I'd kind of like to let him loose. Open that closet door. With pleasure. Come on out, little laughing squirrel. Gee, thanks, Tumbleweed. Kind of stuffy in there. Hey, what's happened? What's going wrong with the light? I have no questions, Jimmy. There's no time for the answers. Holy mackerel. What was that? I'll tell you later, Jim. Right now, I reckon we'd better do like the Whisperer says. Uh, just one thing, though, Whisperer. The way I figure this thing, there are two people, or two groups of people, that are sure all fired anxious to get their hands on me. One group is Egyptian, and the other group appears to be American. Now, how come I'm so important? What have I got that they want? You 
Why, look here now. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, whisper. Yes, What uh, do you plan to do? Within an hour, you and the gentleman in the closet will be behind bars. Double Yeah? Pick up that telephone call, boy, and headquarters. Tell the police to come as quickly as possible. Okay. I'll just snap on these lights overhead. Now, Do as the whisperer says, Tumbleweed. I reckon. Yeah, operator. Get me police headquarters right away. Uh, so, whisperer, you plan to turn me over to the police? It's the easiest way of getting rid of you. Uh, that is an easier way. If there is, I don't know it. Uh, uh, you may not know it, but I know. Look out the window. He's heading for the window. Oh, bad bumper, bad bumper. Where's that gun he dropped? Oh. Just a minute, please. Well, what'll I tell him, Whisperer? A Whisperer. Looks like the Whisperer's gone, Tumbleweed. Gone, but... Hello, hello? This here a policeman I'm talking to? Well, now, looky here. This is Tumbleweed Jones you're talking. Yeah, who's kidding? That's my name. Now, listen. That dad burned his thorny is kind of tomfoolery going on out here, and I want you to cover up those. You say, Tumbleweed, that the police came up and took this man they called Sleepy Sam down to headquarters? That's right, Kent. Half an hour ago, this here apartment of yours was just filled with policemen. Never did see so many. Well, we sure had some excitement while you were down at the office. Gosh, Mr. Kent, ever since we met that Miss Rycroft, we've sure been in a mess. You're right about that. One thing I'm sure of at last, though, the girl, whatever she may be, is the real Sidney Rycroft. The man is nothing but an imposter. Then what are we waiting for? Get hold of that ornery cayuse and find out why he was pretending to be the real Sidney Rycroft. Can't do it, Tumbleweed, till I find him. He checked out of his hotel without giving any forwarding address. But he'll turn up again. Don't you worry about that. No, sir. I ain't going to worry about it because I ain't going to be here. What do you mean, Tumbleweed? Kent, little laughing squirrel, old Tumbleweed's leaving you. I'm going back to the ranch. Tumbleweed? Can't help it. I didn't want to tell you, but ever since I got here, I've been homesick. Haven't had a chance to shoot an arrow in days. Ain't ridden no horse. In this here mess about Miss Rycroft and the sacred black pearl and Egyptians and gangsters, I'm getting kind of tired of that, too. Now, you don't need me around here. I don't appear to have been no kind of help to you. So reckons how I'll just mosey along back to Comanche Joe's ranch. Oh, gosh, Tumbleweed. I sure hate to see you go. It goes for me, too, Tumbleweed. Oh, all right, then. I'll tell you. That there whisperer told me that as long as I hung around here in my life and both of yours would be in danger. That means as long as I'm around you fellas. I'm only making trouble for you. So I'm going to remove myself from these here parts. I can't understand why they're after you, whoever they are. You've certainly done nothing. Mr. Kent, have you any idea why they'd want to get a hold of Tumbleweed? I, uh, no, Jim. I, I haven't the slightest idea. Well, Tumbleweed, if you've really made up your mind about leaving, I'll get your train tickets right away. I ain't going by no train, Kent. What? I'm so all fired anxious to get back to the ranch, I'm going to take a plane. Yes, sir. And the quicker I get up there among all them little fleecy clouds where everything's quiet... held up at the office, I reckon. But he'll make it all right. Say, I wouldn't leave without saying goodbye to Kent. 
Well, here's my seat. Right over the wing. Now, ain't that nice? That sure is. I wish I was going with you, Tumbleweed. I wish you was too, son. But come summertime, you can come out and visit me at the ranch. Well, I reckon so. I'll just fill up this old pipe of mine and have a smoke before we take off. Oh, excuse me, sir. Uh, yes, ma'am? Smoking is not permitted while the plane is on the ground. However, there's some chewing gum in that little compartment to the right of you, if you care to chew. Well, thank you, ma'am. I reckon I would. Seems how you've been so kind uh, here. Have some food. Uh, well, thank you. Well, you're welcome, ma'am. Uh, have some chewing gum, Jim? Oh, no, thanks, Tumbleweed. Would you go ahead? Reckon how I will. <laughs> Kind of small pieces to give you. Should have brought some chewing tobacco with me, and then I. Uh, something wrong? Why, Jim, son, looky here. There's something wrote inside the wrapper of this chewing gum. There is. Let's see. Do not take this plane. Get off before it is too late. It's the worst part. Suffer and Kyle. Do you suppose that means anything, Tumbleweed? Plane taking off. All visitors must leave. Tumbleweed, what are you going to do about it? I don't know, Jim. Concern it. I don't want to get off in this plane. I want to get back to the ranch as quick as I can. What's that message from the whisperer? Oh, hang the whisperer. Hang this old Dan Byrne mystery. I'm going back to Comanche Jones Ranch where it's peaceful and quiet. And I'm going now. Time to be, please. Plane taking off. Go on, Jim. Better be moving. But Tumbleweed, I... Do like I tell you now. Move. Okay. So long, Tumbleweed. So long, Jim. Hope I'll be seeing you next summer. You will. Don't forget to ride. I won't. This way, young man. Better hurry. to cover a dog show in Eastchester is... Yeah, I know, but... Okay, okay, I'll do it. Well, if that doesn't beat anything I've ever seen. What's wrong, Kent? Oh, White gets me on the phone and talks for half an hour. I was supposed to see Tumbleweed Jones off at the airport. His plane left 15 minutes ago. Oh, well, can't be helped this far. Mr. Kent, Mr. Kent. Jimmy, I thought you were at the airport. How'd you get here so quickly? I took a taxi. Mr. Kent, something's wrong. I know it. What? Just before the plane took off, Tumbleweed got a message from the whisperer. The whisperer? He warned him to get off the plane, that something would happen if he didn't. Oh, did he get off? No, Mr. Kent. He said he... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hello, Clark Kent speaking. <laughs> well... Something, I don't know what, is going to happen to the plane Tumbleweed Jones. Are you all. sure? Yes. I don't know what will happen, but something definitely will. I don't know what you could do about it, Kent, but something had better be done. Radio the plane to land. Anyway... How do you know something is going to happen? Never mind. Mr. Kent. No one you'd be interested in, Jim. I, uh, I've got to leave. i got a story to cover. But the plane, Mr. Kent, tumbleweed. Nothing to worry about. See you later. Oh, I've certainly never seen him act that way about a friend. Well, this is my starting place, the roof. I wish I knew what was going to happen to that plane so I could be prepared for it. I've got a feeling the whisperer, whoever he may be, knows what he's talking about, so I'd better follow that plane and keep an eye on it. Hope I'm not too late. Now to change to Superman, and then up, up, and away! What danger threatens our friend Tumbleweed in the plane? Will Superman be in time to save him from it? The mystery surrounding Miss Sidney Rycroft and the Black Pearl of Osiris is rapidly drawing to a close. Don't fail to hear the next exciting episode of our story with Superman!
And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Behold my Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, aha. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! The Loot Crate video box! What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are boxes just about for all collectors! To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash Loot Crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash Loot Crate. Great Scott! Snap into a Loot Crate, dig it! You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. The strange mystery surrounding Miss Sidney Rycroft, British explorer, and the sacred black pearl of Osiris is rapidly drawing to a close. For some unknown reason, Tumbleweed Jones, close friend of Jimmy and Clark Kent, has become deeply involved in the mystery. Two groups of people, one of them headed by the Egyptian fanatic Humi, are anxious to get hold of Tumbleweed, though none of our friends knows why. In our last episode, we heard how Tumbleweed was saved from Humi by a mysterious unseen character called the Whisperer. Tumbleweed, having decided to return to the West by plane, received a message from the Whisperer warning him against taking the plane. Tumbleweed, however, did not heed the warning. As our last episode ended, Clark Kent received a telephone message from the Whisperer telling him that Tumbleweed was in grave danger. Throwing off his disguise as Clark Kent, Superman immediately took to the air to reach the plane as quickly as possible. Listen. I should pick up the plane Tumbleweed's riding in any minute now. Hope I'm not too late. Though what danger threatens old Tumbleweed, I haven't the slightest idea. The mystery of that sacred black pearl seems to be getting more and more complicated. Although I do have some idea of how that trick in the theater was worked. Got to find out about that as soon as possible. Hardly any doubt that whoever pulled the rather neat trick wanted to convince me that Miss Sidney Rycroft simply did not exist. Oh, what? Hello. There's the plane up ahead. They turned the lights on. It's almost twilight. Well, it looks as if I'm in time. Surely from the looks of things, nothing has happened to the plane as yet. Well, I'll just glide down, land on the plane's fuselage, and hang on until something does happen. And when it does, I'll be ready for it.
Got the radio beam now, Bob. Good. We'll ride that into St. Louis. Better check on the weather west of St. Louis, Duke. Okay. Sure is beautiful flying weather this far. Yeah. Flight 7 calling ground station at St. Louis. Flight 7 calling ground station at St. Louis. Flight 7 calling ground station. Go ahead, 7. 150 miles out of Metropolis, 150. Riding beam into St. Louis. Give us a dope west of St. Louis, will you? Perfect weather. Ceiling unlimited. Visibility unlimited. Slight southerly wind. Okay. Okay. Give my regards to Maxwell. I will, Charlie. So long. Charlie sends his regards. Yeah, he always does. Uh, George, Bob, I've yet to see such flying weather. Look at that sky. Clear as clear could be. Beautiful sunset, too. Yeah. Gosh, there's nothing like being an airline pilot. And... Hey, what was that? Sounded well, like something landed on the fuselage just above us. Yeah, probably hit a high-flying bird or something. Hey, remember the time we ran into those Canada geese going south? Boy, can I ever forget it. <laughs> say, did you get a load of the cowboy flying with us on this trip? Oh, I'll say. His name is Tumbleweed. Some yeah. character. Yeah. I stopped to talk with him on the way in. Yeah? He's waxing a bowstring on what he called the dad burned his lemon wood bow he ever saw. <laughs> Went on to tell me it's got a 48-pound pole and can bring down a deer at 60 yards. No. Then he offered me some fudge. Well, did you take it? I sure did. Here, have some. Oh, thanks. Hmm. Hey, this fudge is pretty good. Yeah. Kind of tastes... Yeah? Kind of tastes like what? Wait a minute. Looks like another plane to me. Coming out of the south. Headed right across our path. Hmm? Where, Duke? Look, just, just follow my finger. My Christopher, you're right. Coming fast, too. Yeah. Seems to be on a level with us. You better throttle down a bit. Now, wait a minute. Yeah. Look, Bobby's climbing. Ah, I guess he saw us in time. He kept coming. We'd have had trouble avoiding him. I'll say. What the devil is he doing now? He's circling around. Bob, you know, if I was back in World War days, I'd swear he was angling for a shot at us. Yeah, kind of reminds me of that, too, Duke. Hang him. I wish he'd get out of here. Hey, wait a minute. Look, he's diving toward us. Fool. There's no time or place for stunts. Bless these amateur pilots. He's coming straight at us. Uh, Bob, what'll we do? I'm banking and I'm banking right now. Passengers are going to be scared to death. You better get back there, Duke. Uh, wait a minute. What? He's right on your tail, Bob. He's following us. That's what he's doing. Look, he's diving at us. Like he's got a fire at us. He is firing at us. Oh, oh my Bob. arm. I've got a bullet through the arm. Well, I'll be a Bob. Bob, what's it mean? What's that fool trying to do? Is he out of his mind? Someone's trying to shoot down this plane so he can get his hands on him dead or alive. Well, that burst of machine gun fire didn't do much damage, but that plane that did it is circling to come in and try it again. Well, there's no doubt that here's the time for Superman to take a hand. Up! Up! Get away! Ah, here he comes in a power dive. Well, I'll do a little power diving myself before he can reach Tumblewood's plane. A power dive right into the propeller of his plane. Plunging down in the dive. They can't pull out of it. He's finished. Finished. Now the plane tumbleweeds in will have to land. Her motors have been hit. You won't have any trouble, though. I'd better follow the attacker down and find out what I can. Down. Down. Back. 
out a lamp beside her and save the pilot if I can. He came in almost to a pancake landing. If I'm in time, I'll be able to... What? Fire. Her tanks have gone up. Gotta work fast. Open the door to the cabin. Fire. Help me. I got you. Hold on to me. I'll have you out of here in a jiffy. There we are. Uh, All right. Now then, mister. Who hired you? Why did you try to shoot down that airliner? Hired. Hired by Egyptian. Egyptian, eh? Man called... Called who me? Said, bring plane down. Down it. Flame. An Egyptian. A man named Humi. Yeah. Yeah, he... Oh. Oh. Ah, he's fainted. That's all the information I'll get out of him. Well, anyway, I've saved Tumbleweed and the other passengers in that plane. Undoubtedly, they'll all be brought back to Metropolis. Well, it looks as if Tumbleweed's going to be with us a lot longer than we thought. Tumbleweed and myself are going to solve tonight the mystery of the theater in which we saw the great Gambini perform. Jim, you got me into this taxi under false pretense. You said you was going to show me something exciting. Well, and so I am. Yeah, but you didn't say it had anything to do with this here now mystery. After that airplane company brought me back to Metropolis, I said I'd stay a little while longer in the company of you and little laughing squirrel, just as long as I didn't get mixed up in no more mystery. Well, there won't be any mystery tonight, Tumbleweed. As a matter of fact, if I'm right about the way I figured this thing out, you're going to see an explanation of the mystery. What are you going to do, Mr. Kent? Jim, just let me refresh your memory. Not long ago, you and I, in the company of Miss Sidney Rycroft, went to the theater to see a performance for the great Gambini. Well, you don't have to refresh my memory, Mr. Kent. Gambini called Miss Rycroft onto the stage, put her in a black box, and made both the box and Miss Rycroft disappear. Yeah. And the way you fellas tell the story, went backstage to find out what had happened to Miss Rycroft, and found an old watchman back there who said the theater hadn't been used in 20 years. Uh-huh. He also told you that there hadn't been no performance in the theater that night. And that whatever you thought you saw was pure imagination. That's right, Tumbleweed. Jim and I insisted on investigating, and it appeared to us as if the watchman was right. The entire theater was covered with dust and cobwebs. The curtain was in shreds and tatters. Certainly looked as if Jim and I had imagined we saw a performance by the great Gambini. Oh, but we couldn't have imagined it, Mr. Kent. I remember it all so distinctly. You and me going up to visit Miss Rycroft at her hotel and finding that Egyptian dagger stuck in the door of her room. Uh-huh. Then her inviting us to go and see the great Gambini. We couldn't have imagined all that. Oh, well, and we didn't. I've thought about it and thought about it, Jimmy. And I believe I've got the answer to the riddle at last. If I'm right, then the major part of this mystery will be solved. What do you mean, Kent? I mean, Tumbleweed, that... One, we've settled to our own satisfaction that Sidney Rycroft, the British explorer, is actually a woman. And once we've solved the mystery of the theater, there'll be only three questions that need answering. What are they, Mr. Kent? One, where is Miss Sidney Rycroft now? Two, who is the man who pretended he was Sidney Rycroft? And three, where is the sacred black pearl of Osiris? Yeah, and four, why in tarnation is everybody after me? What have I got that they want? I think I've got the answer to that one, too, Tumbleweed. Oh, I'd rather not say at this moment. Oh, well, here we are at the theater. Gosh, I sure am excited. I've been dying to know the answer to this part of the mystery. How we could sit in an audience and watch a magician perform, and then 15 minutes later discover that there hadn't been any performance at all. Well. How much do I owe you, driver? 65 cents. All right. Here you are. 
There's the theater right in front of us where we saw the great campaign. I'm not dreaming or imagining things now, am I, Mr. Kent? That really is the theater, isn't it? That's the theater, all right, Jim. How are you going to get in? Looks all closed up. I've got a key to the front door. A key? Uh-huh. How on earth did you get a key to the front door? I'll explain that all later. Well, Jim, the tumbleweed, there's the theater. In less time than it takes to tell it, provided, of course, I figured this thing out correctly, we'll all know the answer to the mystery of the theater that disappeared. And now, gentlemen, shall we enter? What is the solution to the strange mystery of the theater that disappeared? Why is Tumbleweed's life sought after by the Egyptian named Humi and apparently a group of other people? Will Clark Kent as Superman solve the complete mystery and see his friends safely through this baffling adventure? Be sure to hear the next episode of our thrilling story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. Three questions remain to be answered in the mystery Superman as Clark Kent is now trying to solve. One, where did Miss Sidney Rycroft, British explorer, disappear to? Two, who is the man who claimed he was Sidney Rycroft? And three, where is the sacred black pearl of Osiris, the sacred object which evidently has caused all the trouble? But first, there is a minor mystery which needs clearing up. The mystery of the disappearing theater. And as our last episode ended, Clark Kent was about to solve it. As you remember, we left Kent, Jimmy, and Tumbleweed Jones outside the darkened theater where Kent and Jimmy once attended that momentous performance given by the magician known as the Great Gambini. As we join them now, Kent is just opening the front door of the theater with a key he has somehow managed to obtain. Listen. What I'd like to know, Mr. Kent, is where you got the key to this theater. I'm kind of angered to know that myself, Kent. Well, Tumbleweed, Jimmy, I'll let you in on something. The other day, I paid a visit to the National Theater Alliance. They're the people who own this theater, among others. What'd you go to see them for? Well, I thought they might be able to throw some light on what happened here a week or so ago. All I wanted to find out was whether or not there had actually been a performance here the night we saw the Great Gambini. That sure is a mystery. You and Jim watch a performance of the Great Gambini in this here theater. The Great Gambini makes Miss Rycroft vanish. Then when you and Laughing Squirrel here go backstage to find out why she didn't reappear, you meet a watchman who tells you there ain't been no performance here for years. That the Great Gambini died a long time ago... And that you've both been imagining things. Yes, but don't forget, Tumbleweed, that the man who claimed he was Sidney Rycroft was also the man who masqueraded as the great Gambini. Mr. Kent says so. That's right, Jim. The man who called himself Sidney Rycroft was also the man we saw on the stage of this theater as the great Gambini. Well, that's all past history now, Kent. 
Uh, what did you find out from them uh, theater people? Well, they told me that this theater had been leased for one night. The night we saw Gambini perform by a man named Theodore Kelk. Hmm. Sure is a queer name. It was obviously invented. From the description I got of the man, he's none other than our old friend again. The man who claimed to be Sidney Rycroft. Well, that fellow seems to have had a hand in everything. Yes, Jimmy. As a matter of fact, we'll probably find that he's been at the bottom of this entire mystery. But I learned something else. Something that immediately gave me the solution to the whole problem. What was that, Mr. King? There's another theater just behind this one. Also owned by the Theater Alliance. This theater fronts on 50th Street. The theater just behind it fronts on 49th Street. That theater was also leased for one night. By the same Theodore Kelk. So what? Seems to me that just makes it more complicated. Yeah. No, on the contrary, it simplifies the entire problem. Solves the mystery of the disappearing theater completely. Look, let me show you. Now, here's the orchestra of the theater we saw the great Gambini perform. Does it look familiar to you, Jim? It sure does. And it's not covered with dust or cobwebs either. Hey, look at that curtain. It certainly isn't in tatters or shreds. Good. Now then, suppose we reenact exactly what happened the night of Gambini's performance. Gambini puts Miss Rykoff inside a large black box and makes the box disappear. Yeah, and then he says goodnight and the curtain comes down. That's right. Then Mr. Kent and I get up, push our way through the crowd that's leaving, and go around to the stage door on the side. Okay, let's go around to the stage door. We'll go out the front way. Come on. I sure don't see how you're going to make sense out of this here, Kent. Old time he for a local coyote. I wish nothing had happened to that plane. I wish I was back at the ranch right now. Well, that was a funny thing. That plane trying to shoot down the airliner you were riding in. Yeah, what was a lot funnier was a message I got from the Whisperer, warning me not to take that plane. The Whisperer? That's another thing that's got to be answered. Who is the Whisperer? Well, all these questions will be answered in due time, Jim. Right now, here's the alley leading to the stage door of the theater. Let's go down. Well, there's the light that was burning over the stage door. It isn't burning now. Right. Now, Jim, you and I came running down here in a great hurry saw the light burning over this door, and rushed in, right? Right. And in doing so, Jim, we went through the wrong door. Yes, and then we... What did you say? I said we went through the wrong door, just as it was planned for us to do. Oh, I don't get it, Mr. Kent. There's only one door. No, Jimmy. No, there are two doors. This door leads to the theater on 49th Street, the theater adjoining the one we saw the performance in. In other words... We ran into the wrong theater. We were lured into the wrong theater, Jim, by a clever plan. No, no, just a minute, Kent. You said there was two doors. Where's the other one? Right here, adjoining this door. Well, I don't see no door. Well, all I see is an empty billboard attached flush to the wall. Exactly, Tumbleweed. And if you look at the wall just above that billboard, you'll see a place where a light used to be. But the light's been removed. Why, hmm. Jingo, Mr. Kent, you're right. Then the door, the door to the theater in which we saw the performance, must be behind that billboard. Let's pull that board down from there and have a look. Give me a hand here, Tumbleweed. Wait a minute. Here's a stick we can use to pry it on. All right, okay, let's go. Look, there's the door, all right. Gosh, Mr. Kent, you were right. When we rushed back here to question the great Gambini, we ran into the wrong theater. All a plan to fool us, Jimmy, and it did. Let's leave this hidden door and go into the other one and see if we were right. I think we find that door open. Sure looks as if we were, right? The dust on the floor. Cobwebs all over the place. Uh-huh. So this is how it was done. Yes, Jim, this is how it was done. Oh, I sure never thought we'd find an answer to it. I kind of felt it would take Superman himself to figure this one out. It's all so simple, isn't it? Everything is simple when you have the answer to it. Yeah? We'll see if you can find a simple answer to this one. Why did the fellow that planned all this go to such trouble? What reason did he have? Well, I think it's quite obvious, Tumbleweed, that he wanted to convince either Jimmy and me or someone else... That Miss Sidney Rycroft did not exist. 
that there was no such person as Sidney Rycroft. Okay, but I still say why. Well, when I have the answer to that, I'll have the solution to the entire mystery. Now, I suggest that we take a... Wait, what was that? That sounded like a door closing somewhere in the theater. Jim, you don't reckon as how there may be somebody in this here now theater, do you? Well, I heard that door shut, too. Coyotes, it's a whisper. Where'd that whisper come from? The theater echoes so much, it's hard to say. Wait, this... Go away. Do as I say. Please, there's a one. Jim, that spiral staircase leading up to the dressing rooms above us. The whisper is coming from there. Follow me. Go away. Don't just stay in this. Come on. Hurry up, Jim. Hurry up. The whisper stopped. The whisper heard us coming. Well, whoever it is, I don't think we can get away. There. Hey, we're at the top now. There's a row of dressing rooms. Ah, just look at the floor, gentlemen. Footprints in the dust. Yeah, huh? Whisperer didn't reckon on leaving an easy to follow trail like that. Why, a blind Indian could follow that trail? Yes, and it leads right into that dressing room. You got a gun, Jim? No, but no harm pretending I have. Whoever you are, we know you're inside that dressing room. Now come out quietly, or I'll come in shooting. You heard me. We know you're in there. Yeah, go ahead, kid. Let him have it. Come on out, or you're a dead man. Well, what did John mean? I think you meant dead woman, Mr. Kent. Holy mackerel. It's Miss Rycroft. Miss Sidney Rycroft. What are you doing here? How did you get here? Yeah, and what's the idea of calling yourself the Whisperer? You know, I thought those female tragedies... Listen, I wanted to protect you as much as I could. At the same time, I didn't want you to know it was I. Hiding my identity saved me the bother of wasting time and answering needless questions. That's why I called myself the Whisperer. Yes, but... There's no time for further questions, Mr. Kent. We've got to leave this theater at once. Now, wait a minute, Miss Rycroft. Please listen to reason. Only the life of your friend Tumbleweed has been in danger these past few days. But now, at this very moment, the lives of all of us are in danger if we don't act quickly. We've got to get out of this theater and at once. I reckon it's how we better skedaddle. All right, let's go. But I warn you now, Miss Rycroft... You're not getting away this time before you've answered a good many questions. I'll tell you anything you want to know after we get out of here. Now, come, quickly. Gee, Miss Rycroft, I wish you'd explain about what happened at your hotel. When Mr. Kent went back to see you there, the desk clerk said you'd never been registered there. And that what Mr. Kent thought was your room was actually a room used for storing cleaning. Oh, questions, questions. I arranged all that myself, Jimmy. I felt that Mr. Kent was becoming much too involved, endangering his life and all the rest of it. So I bribed the desk clerk and a number of the hotel employees to arrange everything. And in that way, I stepped out of Mr. Kent's life completely. Or so I hope. It was then that Tumbleweed got himself into such a mess. Yeah, how come everybody's after me? What did I do? Never mind that now. Here's the stage door. Let's get out. Yes, we'd better... What is it, Mr. Kent? Something wrong? Plenty. This door is locked. Then let's break it down. It's a metal door, Tumbleweed. And I'm inclined to think it's barred from the other side. It would take Superman himself to break through this door. Well, he ain't none of us, Superman. It looks like we're trapped. Oh, we've got to get out. There must be other doors. And all of them locked, no doubt. Listen to me. And please believe me. If we don't get out of this theater, we'll all of us be dead in less than 15 minutes. Why? Come on, Miss Rycroft. You'd better let us in on whatever you know. What were you doing here to begin with? Why did you come to this theater tonight? Who's responsible for locking this oh, door and... Oh, many questions. Oh, well, there's well, well, so little time left to answer them. Tony, say, that's that there slanty-eyed hombre that was helping out the head of all those Egyptians. Fatik, my name, Effendi. You refer to my master, Humi. That's the fellow. That's the one who shot me with Miss Rycroft's girl. Now, what are you up to? What's going on here? My master will explain. Huh? 
Khan's people, my master Humi, and if I may say so, death awaits you all. Hey, listen. Yeah, what do you mean? Come. And no tricks, please. I have gun, and I know how to shoot it. Coyotes. It sure takes Superman himself to get us out of this. Yes, Jimmy is right. Here is a situation that needs Superman. But can Clark Kent reveal himself? How will he manage to come to the aid of his friend? By what clever trick will he turn the tables? Well, it looks as if we'll soon have the complete answer to our mystery, so be sure to hear the next episode of our thrill-packed story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. The baffling mystery surrounding the sacred black pearl of Osiris is about to be solved. In our last episode, we heard how Clark Kent took Jimmy Olsen and Tumbleweed Jones to the theater where he and Jimmy had witnessed the performance of The Great Gambini and how he solved for them the mystery of the disappearing theater. As they stood just within the entrance of the stage door, they heard the voice of the Whisperer warning them to leave at once. They tracked the voice down and discovered that the Whisperer was none other than Miss Rycroft herself. Miss Rycroft, wishing to help them, yet at the same time wanting to hide her identity, had assumed this disguise. Leaving the theater, they discovered that the stage door was locked and bolted. And then the voice of the Egyptian named Batik, henchman to the mysterious man called Humi, spoke to them. Listen. My master, Humi, and if I may say so, death await you all. Hey, listen. Yeah, what do you mean? Come, and no tricks, please. I have gone, and I know how to shoot it. Something else. It sure takes Superman himself to get us out of this. That's what I was thinking. Through this door, please. Steps lead down to cellar beneath the stage. Mr. King. Yes, Mr. Rykoff. The night the great Gandini, or whoever he was, caused me to disappear, I was taken down into a cellar, bound and gagged. This seems to be the same place. Oh, sure is a big cellar. Jumping coyotes. For all those, those Orientals. Yeah. And that uh, fella sitting at the table, that fella dressed up in them funny kind of robes and things, that's my old friend Homie. Hiya, Homie. Wish I could offer you some fudge, but I ain't got none. Turned if I don't wish I had a piece, too. Silence your tongue, fool, or you shall lose it. Why, you ornery, hog tight, slab sorry, sort of... All right. I ain't saying nothing. Who me? I believe that's your name. Yes? What's the meaning of all this? How do you and all these men of yours happen to be in this theater? 
What on earth is One it? question at a time, my friend, the syndicate. I am here, and these my men are with me because we knew that sooner or later you would come. Oh, you did? Yes. As to the meaning of all this, it has only one meaning. For two years, I, Kume, have followed the sacred black pearl of Osiris across the world. The sacred pearl must be returned from whence it was stolen. The tomb of the god Osiris. One of you has that pearl. I know which of you it is. Well, which one is it? Yeah, I'd sort of like to know that myself before I die. Yeah, you know you are to die. Yes, all of you must die, for all of you have had a hand in this evil business. I wouldn't exactly say that. I don't see that the... I am no longer interested in your opinion, Defendicant. You will please to remain the choir. There is one still missing from our little gathering, one who is vitally interested in whatever has happened. I shall have him brought in, and then, Defendi, we shall proceed to the business at hand, which is the death of you all. Any the man you have outside? Yes, master. I wonder who it is. I'll find it how it won't matter much. Look. Look at that man they're bringing over there. Good heavens. Roger. Roger Draper. Roger Draper. Huh? Mr. Kent, that's the man who claimed he was the real Sidney Rycroft. That's the man who impersonated the great Gambini. Good evening, gentlemen and Sidney. We appear for me again under rather distressing circumstances. What? Roger, what's the meaning of this? What on earth are you doing in America? I thought you were in London with my uncle, Sir Charles Andrews. Sidney, my dear. Your uncle, Sir Charles is dead. Dead? Dead? Such a We tried to let you know, my dear, but you're such a globe-trotter, you know. Devilish time keeping up with you myself. However, Sidney, I shouldn't waste any sympathy on your dear departed uncle if I were you. What do you mean, Roger? What are you talking about? Uh, look here, these gentlemen, Mr. Kent, Tumbleweed, young Jimmy, uh, they're rather in the dark, you know. Suppose I explain fully, and uh, then, Sidney, you'll understand. Yes. Yes, please do. Gentlemen, I, Roger Draper was the private secretary of Miss Rycroft's uncle, Sir Charles Andrews. The last time Miss Rycroft saw Sir Charles was at the tomb of Osiris in Egypt, the tomb which they together entered. Yes, yes, I know, Roger. When you and your uncle left the tomb, Sidney, your uncle was carrying the sacred black pearl. Do you mean to say... I mean to say, my dear, that he had stolen it from the idol in the tomb. During the days that followed, he had a special bullet made to fit a certain gun. That gun, my dear, he gave to you. And one of the bullets in that gun... And came the pearl. But why, Roger? Why? You were going to America, my dear. Your uncle knew that when the theft of the pearl was discovered, the cult of Osiris, led by our friend Humi here, would be after it. He figured that was the best way of smuggling it out of the country. I think I begin to see it all. He intended to come to America, get the gun from Miss Rycroft, and regain the pearl for himself. Exactly. The pearl, as you know, is worth a fortune. Yes. As it happened, his death came at the moment he was preparing to leave for America. He regretted having placed his niece in such a dangerous position and begged me to come to America and save her from these uh, Egyptian fanatics. Well, it seems to me you chose a pretty roundabout way of doing it. And Miss Rycroft, you see, was marked for death just for having the pearl in her possession. These Egyptians are clever, shrewd. I had to figure some way of getting her out of danger completely. There seemed to be only one way, and that was to make her vanish completely. So, for that reason, I arranged the entire theater episode. And then I came along very unexpectedly and threw a monkey wrench into the works. Exactly. That is why I tried to convince you that I was Sidney Rycroft. That you had merely imagined everything else that had gone before. I knew you'd discover me sooner or later, but I hoped by that time to have Sidney safely back in England. Hey, wait a minute. 
I'm just beginning to realize something. Well, what's that, Tumbleweed? Why, suffering coyote, Jim, don't you see it? That there black pearl was hidden in a bullet. That bullet was in Miss Rycroft's gun. And that's the gun I was shot with. What? By jumping Jehoshaphat. I'm carrying that bullet around with me right now. I've got the secret black pearl right in my leg. Exactly, my friend. That is why my men and I have tried to capture you for days. Yes, and that's why, Tumbleweed, I shanghaied you from the hospital. I knew whom he was after you, and I was trying to save you. Unfortunately, you sent us both crashing off a bridge and into the river. Well, I, for one, am glad this whole mystery is clear up. Sure has been fantastic. Well, I admit I had to do a number of fantastic things, but remember, I had good reason for doing them. It was a fantastic problem, and I was dealing with these Egyptians who are rather uh, fantastic people, you know. Yes. Now that you have finished, Mr. Draper, we shall proceed to the business at hand. Uh, you have all had a hand in this evil matter. Therefore, you are all to die. Now, just a minute. We waste no more time. Once you are all safely out of the way, I shall remove the pearl from the leg of your friend, and my men and I shall return to Egypt. To Egypt and to Osiris. That it? The glasses are ready, Master. Excellent. Mr. Icar, gentlemen. These wine glasses you see on the table contain each a deadly poison. A poison which kills painlessly in ten seconds. Each of you, by turn, will pick up a glass and drink. There are five of you, and my mission shall be accomplished in less than five minutes. Which of you will drink that? Well, well since there's no help for it, uh, I may as well be the first. Uh, uh, if you don't mind, Mr. Draper, I'd rather not stand around watching this thing. I'll drink the first glass. Mr. Kent. Jim, we, we've got to take this thing like men. The less said, the better. You realize that, don't you? I suppose so. We already know and feel anything we might say, so why try to put it into words? I suppose you just look away while I drink this down. Yes, yes. Yes, turn your head, laughing squirrel. That's the boy. Drink, Mr. Kent. Yes. Yes. Mr. Kent. Mr. Kent. Kit. So long, Kit. Oh. Mr. Kent. He is dead. You see? Quite painless. Very quick. Yo, pick him up and carry him outside. Yes, Master. Now, who will be next? I reckon it's how I'll be next. Give me that dog glass. There you are. Gosh, tumbleweed. Now, Jim, just remember what Mr. Kent said. The less we say, the better. You're right about that. Drop that glass. Oh, sucker and coyotes. It's that Superman fella again. Superman, Nicky. We'll see about that. You men, quickly. Uh, the fight you want, I'm out for it. Here's one for you. All right, come on, all for England. There I go with it. Yes, Tumbleweed, and with them goes the conclusion to the mystery of the Black Pearl of Osiris. Yeah, but there's still one part of that mystery that still ain't cleared up. What's that, Tumbleweed? How come you drank that poison and lived to tell about it? 
Well, as I explained before, it probably wasn't as powerful as whom he claimed it was. It merely knocked me unconscious instead of killing me. And, of course, when you got me to a hospital later on, the doctors did the rest. Yeah, but, well, let it go. I've always felt there was something, well, kind of mysterious about you, Kent. And I always will. Howsomever, as that fellow Shakespeare once said, all well So ends another stirring and baffling adventure thanks to the powers of Superman. What new exciting times are in store for our friends? What new problems will arise to tax the powers of Superman? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Setting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan daily. As our story opens today, Kent and his editor, Perry White, are on their way to the Chinese section of the city in response to an urgent summons from Dr. Chi Wan, learned scholar and collector of oriental art. Darkness has fallen. The narrow, winding streets are empty, save for a few wraith-like figures half-hidden in shadowed doorways. Here and there, a dim light burns in a store window piled high with bits of jade, lacquered boxes, and all manner of strange curios from a land beyond the seas. The unearthly silence is broken only by the purr of a motor car. Listen. Isn't it a little strange that Dr. Wan didn't tell you why he wanted to see you, Mr. White? Not if you know Orientals, Kent. They don't say much over the telephone. It's an instrument of the devil, and they don't trust it. Oh, but surely Dr. Wan doesn't feel that way. 
Wasn't he educated here in the United States? Yes, but the Chinese have certain inborn superstitions that even education won't eradicate. Once an Oriental, always an Oriental. Hey, here, take it easy. I, I think that's the house over there. Number 44. Uh, pull up to the curb. Okay. Well? Mm-hmm. Let's get out. You better lock the car. Okay. There. Now, come on. Siwan owns this jewelry store and lives above it. Yeah, but this store looks closed to me. He said to come up to his apartment. Oh. I guess we go through this hallway. Yeah. Boy, it sure is dark in here. Well, light a match can so we can find the stairway. All right. Oh, there it is. I'll lead the way. I don't know what's on Juan's mind, but it'd be mighty important. Or I'll wring his neck for dragging me down here at this hour of the night. Uh-oh. The match went out. Hold on, I'll light another. Kim, look out! What happened? Someone threw a knife at us. I saw him when you lit that match. What? Crouched down there in the hallway. Well, is he still there? No. No, he ran outside. Well, in the maze of narrow streets out there, you'd never find him. Uh, well, where's the knife? Wait a minute. Here, stuck in one of the steps. You're a lucky boy, Kent. Missed your back by a fraction of an inch. Oh, Here, uh, wrap a handkerchief around the handle and pull it out. Okay. Maybe Chi Wan can explain this attempt at murder. <sighs> Come on. Let's get up to his apartment before someone else decides to use us as a target. I should have known we'd run into something screwy down in this neck of the woods. And you cannot know, my honored friend, how pained I would have been if harm had befallen you. Not nearly as pained as Clark Kent would have been if that knife had landed in his back instead of the step. Lucky thing I happened to look around just as that yellow devil let it fly. It was one of my countrymen? Yeah, I think so. Now look here, Chiwan. What's this all about? People don't go around hurling knives at strangers without reason. There is reason. Good and ample reason. May I speak freely? Mm, go right ahead. Kent's one of my ace reporters. I brought him along because he has a peculiar knack for ferreting things out. Uh, don't count too much on that, Dr. Wan. Mr. Kent, in this hour of tribulation, I must count on everything. As you are no doubt aware, I am an importer of Chinese art treasures. So Mr. White told me. Through my hands have passed priceless vases of the Ming Dynasty. Hand-wrought silver that once adorned the throne of the Emperor Lao Tan. Chests of inlaid teak wood, the beauty of which is beyond description. Yes, yes, we know all that, Chi Wan. Now, come on, get to the point. Patience, my honored friend, patience. My father once told me, it is only a fool who hurries to the grave. Nobody's asking you to hurry to your grave. Unfortunately, the grave is my destination. What? What's that? Yes, they are closing in on me like dark shadows of night. There is no escape. What in the name of heaven are you talking about? Before the next sun rises, I will be dead. What do you mean, Dr. Wan? Have you lost your mind? Well, in all my born days, Please, please. There is a little time, and I have much to tell you. But first, you must give me your solemn oath that not one word of what I am about to tell you will ever pass your lips. Well, it all depends, Siwan. If it's information the police should have, I'm not going to hold it back. Please leave me, honored friend. The police can be of no assistance, or I should have called on them long ago. Well, all right, you can trust me with your secret. And you, Mr. Kent? Of course. I am grateful to you both. Now, if you will bear with me, I shall try to tell you why I have asked your assistance. Forgive me if I speak softly. It is said that sometimes even the walls have ears. In 1930... While traveling through western China, he discovered in an ancient temple in the province of Shenxi a goatskin manuscript written by an unknown scholar 3,000 years ago. 
It's a long way back, Dr. Wan. The Chinese Empire is more than 4,000 years old, Mr. Kent. Oh, what about the manuscript? Uh, what was on it? The characters were faded almost beyond legibility. But by dint of patient effort and the use of a high-powered magnifying glass, I was able to decipher them. Go on. What to say? You will not believe me. But there, written on a square of goatskin 3,000 years old, was the secret of everlasting life. What's that? The secret of everlasting life. You mean, Dr. Wan, that the manuscript contained a formula for keeping human beings alive forever? No, Mr. Kent. I thought I heard wrong. You did not, honor friend. The manuscript said that he who finds the ten teeth of the sacred green dragon will have life everlasting. Now, 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 wait a minute, she won I'm a busy man. I run a newspaper, and the owners of that newspaper don't pay me to chase pink elephants or green dragons. Please, please, I beg of you. Do not treat this matter lightly. Well, if you think either Kent or myself can waste time hunting for a green dragon, well... I have already found the dragon. Where, Dr. Wan? In the ruins of Shenxing Temple. It was an idol, hand-carved. But the teeth were missing. Vandals had stolen them. Uh, who'd want a handful of teeth, even from a green dragon? You do not understand. The ten teeth of the sacred dragon are ten pieces of pure jade each one of which is engraved with a Chinese symbol. Go on, Doctor. Each symbol describes a rare herb found only in the lofty mountains of western China. When all ten herbs are combined, ground into a powder, that powder renders the human body free of disease forever. And you believe that, Chiwan? I cannot help but believe it. For even now, I have in my possession nine of the dragon's teeth. Where did you find them? All over the world, Mr. Kent. Some had been set in rings, others in necklaces. You say you have nine. What about the tenth? I failed to find it until a month or so ago when I learned it was in the possession of one Walter Huffman, a dealer in precious stone. I sent a trusted employee to purchase it from Huffman. But therein I made my mistake. Well, how come? This employee, Hu Ling, had assisted me in deciphering the manuscript and knew the secret of the dragon teeth. And he told Huffman? Exactly, Mr. Kent. In order that Huffman might demand an exorbitant price for the one piece he had. Oh, I'm surprised Huffman didn't offer to buy the nine pieces of jade you have after hearing the story. He knew that was impossible. And so he has been trying to get them in another way. That is why my life is in danger. That is why I have asked you two to help me. Hmm. They are watching this house night and day. If I attempted to leave, I would never reach the street alive. With you two, it is different. Oh, yeah? What about that knife Kent almost got in the back? A mistake, I am certain. Huffman would not risk killing a white man. But, of course, if you are afraid... We're not afraid, Dr. Wan. What do you want us to do? I want you to take the box containing the nine pieces of jade. Yes? If anything happens to me, deliver the box to Professor Henry Wells, head of the Oriental Department at the National Museum, and tell him what I have told you. All right. And another thing. You must promise me... That if ever the dragon's teeth reveal the secret, that it will be given to the world without cost. Kent, do you think it's safe for us to carry that stuff out of here? What if some of Huffman's hired killers pounce on us? Well, we'll keep an eye on now that we know the setup. You know, T1, it'd be much simpler to just call the cops. No, 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 no. No, there would be questions to answer. Stories in the newspapers. It is best that only a few be aware of the dragon's teeth, lest all of humanity be made to pay dearly for a secret that belongs not to one man 
up to the world. All right. We'll take a chance. Where's the box? I shall get it. But first, you must join me at tea. Only this morning, I received a special shipment of a delicate, aromatic blend. You will like it, I'm sure. What's that? My servant with the tea. Excuse me. Now, if uh, one of you will do me the honor of pouring, I will get the box of jade in the meantime. Okay, I'll pour. Thank you, Mr. White. Well, Kent, what do you make of it? I don't know, Mr. White. It's puzzling. Now, certainly you don't believe that nonsense about the ten herbs, grinding them into a powder and getting something that will cure all disease. Oh, Dr. Wan didn't say it would cure disease. He said it would keep humans from getting diseased. Whatever he said, it's voodoo stuff, and it doesn't make sense to me. We'll take the box of jade and deliver it to Professor Wells at the National Museum. But as far as believing they have any special value, uh, those dragon's teeth, uh, I don't go for that kind of witchcraft. Well, that's what people said when the Chinese discovered gunpowder, Mr. White. They called it witchcraft. I know, I know, but say, don't tell me you've fallen for Chi Wan's story. Uh, here, uh, have some tea. Oh, thanks, I don't drink it. No, I haven't fallen for anything, but it might be possible. After all, doctors have discovered medicines that keep people from contracting various diseases. Mm, we'll see. Mm. This tea is good. Leave it to the Chinese to dish up a good cup of tea. Try some, Kent. No, oh, thanks. You don't know what you're missing. Nothing like a good cup of tea. Kent! What's the matter, Mr. White? My throat! It's tightening up! Mr. White! That tea! Poison! Was the tea poisoned? And if so, by whose hand? Can it be that Dr. Chi Wan is playing another part in this strange oriental drama? Don't forget to tune in next time and follow the weird story of the dragon's teeth with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh huh. The Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton. 
who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan daily. When we last saw Kent, he and editor Perry White were in the Chinatown apartment of Dr. Chi Wan, oriental scholar and art expert, where they learned of the existence of ten pieces of clear jade known as the Dragon's Teeth. According to legend, each of the dragon's teeth was engraved with a different symbol, which, translated, revealed the secret of everlasting life. Dr. Wan had nine of the jade pieces, but the tenth and last was owned by Walter Huffman, a dealer in jewels who knew its value and was endeavoring to lay his hands on the rest. Fearful lest Huffman's hired desperados kill him and steal the precious jade, Dr. Wan asked Perry White to take them for safekeeping. As our story continues today... Dr. Wan has left the room to get the velvet box containing the nine dragon's teeth. Perry White is drinking a cup of Chinese tea, which has just been served. Listen. Try some of this tea, Kent. It's delicious. No, thanks. I never drink tea. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. Nothing like a good cup of tea to... Yes. What's the matter, Mr. White? Yes, my, my throat. It's tightening up. Mr. White. Uh, that tea... It's poison. Mr. White. It's collapsed. Stretch him out on the couch. There we are. Now to find Dr. Wan. Both doors locked. I'm beginning not to like the looks of this. Dr. Wan! Dr. Wan! All right, sir. All right, if that's the way the game has to be played. Superman can play it. Oh, he's sinking fast. White as a ghost. Barely feel his pulse. Can't waste any time looking for that Chinaman. Got to get Perry White to a doctor. It may be too late. I'll come back to settle with whoever poisoned that tea. There we are. Now up with the window. And out. Up and away! Red cloak streaming in the night wind. Superman speeds through the darkness with Perry White limp and unconscious in his arms. Racing against the grim specter of death. Meanwhile, back in the editorial rooms of the Daily Planet newspaper, Lois Lane, star girl reporter, questions young Jimmy Olsen, the planet's copy boy, concerning Clark Kent's whereabouts. Listen. You say you went out with Mr. White about an hour ago, Jimmy? That's right, Miss Lane. They went to Chinatown. Chinatown? What for? Well, a story, I guess. I heard Mr. White say he didn't think there was much in it, but he wanted Mr. Kent to come along anyway. Hey, Miss Lane. Did I ever tell you how they made me a member of the Comanche Indian tribe when I was out west? Not once, Jimmy, but ten times. Do you know where in Chinatown they went? No, I don't know where they went. Well, think hard. Didn't Mr. White say where he was going? Not to me. He did mention some Chinese name, but I can't remember it. Miss Lane, did you ever hear this one? Confucius say, he who sits on a tack will rise to great heights. (laughs) Pretty good, huh? (laughs) Jimmy, they don't come any worse. Now, please try to think of that name. Gee, I can't. Wait a minute. G. That's it. Dr. G something. Chi. Dr. Chi Wong. Yeah, that's it. Say, how'd you know? Well, Dr. Wong's a well-known Chinese art dealer. They didn't say why they were going, did they? Not to me. Anyway, how come you're so interested in Clark Kent all of a sudden? I'm not interested in Clark Kent. I'm interested in seeing that he doesn't get all the big stories the way he has been lately. Oh, well, this one isn't a big one. Well, it must be if Perry White went along. Jimmy, I've got a good mind to take a run down there. Miss Lane, that's a good idea. I'm all through here, so I'll go with you. No, you better not, Jimmy. Chinatown's a pretty wild place at night. Oh, it couldn't be any wilder than the West, with Indians and coyotes and shooting. All right, all right, you win. Now get your hat and coat. I'll meet you downstairs. And don't waste any time about it. 
was dancing on a drum with about a thousand Indians circle around me. Me, Miss Lane, because I was their chief. Boy, oh boy, it was some fun. Jimmy, unless you stop telling me about that trip out west over and over again, I'm going to have the driver pull this taxi up to the curb and throw you out. Why, oh, gee, Miss Lane, isn't it interesting? Yes, very interesting. The first time. Oh, heck, there's so much to tell. Listen, sometime we've got time, I'll tell you all about how Tumbleweed taught me how to shoot a bow and arrow. You see, Tumbleweed was such a good shot himself, he figured with him teaching me Jimmy! anyway. In Chinatown. Dr. Warren's place is on the next block. I hope Clark Kent doesn't get mad because we followed him down here. <laughs> That's the least of my worries. Well, it looks as though we were right. That'll be 85, lady. Here you are. All right, Jimmy. Want me to wait, lady? No, thanks. Okay. <laughs> Well, now where to, Miss Lane? Hmm, that's Dr. Wan's art store, all right. It's closed. Oh, everything seems to be closed around here. Well, there's a man standing on the corner. Maybe he can tell us where Dr. Wan lives, huh? Pardon me, but would you know where Dr. Chi Wan lives? What? Oh, you don't know how to ask him. Listen to this. <clears throat> uh, please... You telling me where I'll find the place Chi Wan Livy or something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Thanks very much. Well, what do you say, Jim? Gee, I don't know. I couldn't understand him. Well, let's take a look at the store. Tight shot. Well, there's a card stuck in the glass, Miss Lane. What does it say? Let's see. Stores closed. Inquire upstairs. Well, that means he lives above the store. Should have thought of that. Come on. This must be the entrance through the hallway. It's pitch dark. How do we find the stairs? Stumble over my guess. I haven't any matches. Oh, here they are, Miss Lane. Be careful. You go up first and I'll follow you. Okay. Are you sure Mr. White said he was coming to see Dr. Chi Wan, Jimmy? Jimmy? Jimmy, where are you? Right here. Why didn't you answer me? You had me scared to death. I thought I heard someone moving around in the hallway. But I guess not. Well, don't do that again, will you? When I talk to you, please answer. I'm beginning to feel sorry I brought you along. Well, gee, I didn't mean to scare you. All right, come along. Miss Lane, what is Jenny? There is someone down the hallway. I'm sure of it. How do you know? I can hear someone moving. Shh. Hear those boards creak? What do we do? Maybe it's just some tramp moving around. Miss Lane, let's get up to the landing. Okay, I, I wish it wasn't so dark. He's coming up the stairs after us, whoever it is. Where's the door? There must be a door to Dr. Wan's apartment. Shh, don't move. He's coming, all right. Jimmy, where are you? Right here. Stand back against the wall, Miss Lane. Here he comes. I kicked him in the shins. Quick, find the door and bang on it. Yes. Yes, here it is. Dr. Vaughn! Dr. Vaughn! We don't have to worry about that guy, Miss Lane. I gave him a kick he won't forget for a long time. Who is there? Miss Lane of the Daily Planet. Please open the door quick. Come in. Close the door quickly and lock it, will you? 
Oh, thank goodness. May I ask what is wrong? Someone, someone followed us up the steps. If it hadn't been for Jimmy here, I don't know what had happened. Why did you come here, Miss Lynn? We're looking for Clark Ken and Mr. White, the editor of our paper. Haven't they been here? They said they were coming, Dr. Warren. Please, uh, to sit down, both of you. Possibly you can explain something to me. But, but listen, hasn't Mr. White been here? Yes. Both Mr. White and Mr. Kent were seated in this room not five minutes ago. They vanished into thin air. What do you mean? Exactly that. Mr. White was seated in the very chair you are in now. Mr. Kent was opposite him on the couch. Yes. Tea was being served, as you can readily see. I excused myself for a moment to get something. While I was out of the room, I heard my name called. I rushed back, but they were gone. Both of them. That's strange. Huh? Stranger than you think, Miss Lane, since both doors leading from this room were locked. Oh, what about the windows? That one was open. It looks out on the rear yard. But they couldn't possibly have gone out the window. There is a drop of 30 feet to a stone walk. Well, what were they doing here in the first place? That, unfortunately, is something I cannot explain. It seems there are a lot of unexplained things happening around here, Dr. Wan. Jimmy, I think we'd better go. You'll please lead us safely to a taxi cab, Dr. Wan. I am sorry, Miss Lane, but I cannot leave this house. What? I should advise that you and the boy remain here at least until daylight. Well, well, that's ridiculous. Merely a precaution. A precaution against what? Forces over which I have no control. Is there a phone in the house? No. The telephone is in my store. That means we can't even call the police. Well, I've never heard of anything so ridiculous in Please, mind. please do bear with me, Miss Lane. At some later date, you will have a complete explanation. And now, uh, let me apologize for being a miserable host. Will you and the young man have a cup of tea? So, how about it, Jimmy? Oh, sure. You see, the tea is still quite hot. Evidence that Mr. White and Mr. Kent left here only a short while ago. Uh, sugar, Miss Lane? Two, please. Uh, three for me. There you are. Thank you. Uh, young man? Thanks. Oh, the tea certainly is pungent. Yes. It is a special blend of leaves. I feel quite certain you will enjoy it. Can anything save Lois and Jimmy from drinking the poison tea? Is Dr. Wan aware that death lurks in both their cups? Don't forget to tune in next time and follow the thrilling story of the dragon's teeth with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who has come to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and oppression, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. The mystery surrounding the dragon's teeth... (laughs) 
ten pieces of precious Chinese jade that hold the secret of everlasting life is deepening. As our story continues today, Lois Lane, star girl reporter of the Daily Planet, and young Jimmy Olsen are seated in the Chinatown apartment of Dr. Chi Wan, oriental scholar and art collector. They are about to drink some of the Chinese tea that only ten minutes before poisoned Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet. But neither Lois nor Jimmy are aware that death lurks in the cups Chi Wan is preparing for them. Listen. Sugar, Miss Lane. Two, please. Three for me. Oh, you have a sweet tooth, young man. Uh, your cup, Miss Lane. Thank you. Young man. Thanks. Hi. Mm. Ah, this tea certainly is pungent. Yes. It is a special blend of choice leaves. I feel certain you will enjoy it thoroughly. I'm sure I will. Well, bottoms up, Jimmy. Don't drink that tea. It's Superman. Put those cups down. Both of you. Now, Dr. Wan, you have a little explaining to do. I, uh, I, I do not understand. Who are you? How did you burst through a window like some giant bird? He's Superman. He can fly through the air and break a stone wall with his fists. And... I, I can't believe it. Who, who is this man? Why does he wear a red cloak? I told you, he's Superman. Who I am is of little importance at the moment, Dr. Wan. There are a few other little matters to be cleared up. Matters that involve murder. Murder? That tea in those cups. It's poisoned. Poison? Gee, look. No, no. No, it cannot be. It is impossible. Look, I will drink it myself. Don't be a fool. Now, listen to me. Two men visited you less than half hour ago. Is that true? Yes. Mr. White and Mr. Kent. You served them this tea, didn't you? Yes, but I... While you were out of the room, Mr. White drank some of the tea. In less than a minute, he collapsed, gasping for breath. He was rushed to the hospital, where even now he is lying at death's door. No. No. It's all right, Miss Lane. Everything possible is being done for him. The doctors say he has a good chance. You. You poisoned me. And you tried to poison us. On the honor of my ancestors, I did not... One moment. There's a taxi waiting at the door, Miss Lane. I think you and young Jimmy had better go. I'll take care of Dr. Wan. I'm afraid to go downstairs alone. You see, someone tried to attack us when we came here. There's nothing to be afraid of. I've seen to that. The driver has instructions to take you back to your office. I don't suppose there's any way I can thank you for what you've done. Yes, there is. Don't mention having seen me to a soul. The work I do can only be accomplished if I remain a legend. You have my promise. Goodbye. So long. Superman. So long, Jimmy. And now, Dr. Wan... You must believe me. I did not know the tea was poisoned. My enemies are like the sands of the desert. It was they who... Just a moment. Where are the dragon's teeth? Do... Do you know about them? Yes. Where are they? I... I have them here. In this velvet case. There. Nine of them. 
gathered from the four corners of the earth. And each of these pieces of jade is engraved with a symbol representing a rare herb found only in the mountains of western China. Yes, but how did you know? Never mind that. These herbs, when combined and ground into a powder, are said to make the human body free of disease. Yes, but one must have all ten herbs, and the tenth dragon's tooth is owned by another. Walter Huffman, a dealer in jewels. I... I am amazed. Amazed. Tell me who you are. How do you know all that you have repeated to me? I come from another planet, Dr. Wan, the planet Krypton, long since shattered into a million glowing fragments. Here on Earth, I am known as Superman because of the strange powers I possess. The powers of strength, power of speed, but above all, the power to resist disease. Look. This key is impregnated with deadly poison. No, no, no. Do not drink it. I assure you it will have no ill effect on me. There. You see? I am witnessing a miracle. No, Dr. Wan. Merely a strange twist of fate that brought me to Earth. But enough of that. I believe you when you tell me you did not poison the tea. I would have no reason. Exactly. But others might have a reason. To get possession of the nine dragon's teeth. It's... It can only be Hoffman. Whoever it is, I will help you. If there is anything at all in the magic of these ten herbs, it must be given to humanity and not used for personal gain. You speak, Superman, as I myself have spoken. Good. Then we can work together. Now tell me more about Walter Huffman. He is a man who has dealt in jewels for many years. Yes? He is shrewd, unscrupulous. A man who would not hesitate to crush anyone who stood in his way. Hmm? Where can he be reached? He maintains an office in the city building. But let me warn you, he is dangerous. Thank you. I must go now. What about the dragon's teeth? You wish to take them with you? They are not safe here. They will be safe until tomorrow, at which time Mr. Kent will call for them. Remember, not a word of this to anyone. Nothing shall pass my lips. I will unlock the door for you. The door? The window is good enough. The window? Goodbye, Dr. Wan. Goodbye. And blessings. Up! Up! And away! It is miracle. My eyes have seen miracle. Oh! Oh! Don't bother calling your servant, Dr. Wan. He can't hear you. He's gone. Who is that? Step back and I will come out of the darkness. Hoffman. <laughs> yes, my friend. You don't seem pleased to see me. How did you enter? Who let you in? So, you little Chinese boy. I paid him well. No, 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 no. You are lying. Why should I lie? It was also Sao who poisoned the tea you failed to drink. However, I did not come to discuss my message with you. You know what I want. No, no, I do not have them. They have been taken that away. That velvet box in your hand. Don't try to hide it behind your back. Give it to me. No, no, no never. You heard what I said. Give it to me. No, help, help. Shut up, you. Help, help. Calling Radio Car 782. Radio Car 782. Departmental order 4953. 
Report to number 444 Boyer Street. Homicide. I will repeat. Calling radio car 782. Hogan. Yeah, rush this down, Jimmy. Tell Riley to squeeze it into page two. It's a Chinaman, but he's important. Gee, Willick. Dr. Warren. What's the matter? You know him, Jimmy? You bet. Miss Lane. Miss Lane. Yes, Jimmy. Miss Lane, look at this. Chinese scholar murdered. Yep. Dr. Chi Wan, eminent authority on oriental art, was beaten to death tonight in the living room of his apartment at 44 Boyer Street. Jimmy, is this your idea of a joke? It's no joke. Honest, it isn't. It just came in on the telescope at police headquarters. Read the rest of it. Okay. Superficial examination revealed that Dr. Wan had been struck with a blunt instrument. Oh, Jimmy, this is terrible. I'll be spoke to him less than a half hour ago. That's right. Well, Kent just called from the hospital. He's with Mr. White. I'm going to rush down and talk to him about this. Can I come? No, you'd better stay here. I'll be back soon. Miss Lane, you don't think... You don't think Superman... Just what I'm wondering, Jimmy. I'll see you later. Marston wanted in surgery. Dr. Marston wanted in surgery. Well, Mr. White's fine, Lois. Too bad you can't see him, but visiting hours are over. Well, that's not what I rushed down here for. Here, read this. Why? Great Scott. Why, this is impossible. I, I, I just left him. You just left him? Well, I, I mean, about an hour or so ago. Well, well, anyhow, listen to this. Jimmy and I were sitting in the apartment less than a half hour ago. Suddenly, a man in a blue costume and a red cape came crashing through the window. Jimmy recognized him immediately. Who was it? Superman. Oh, Lois, don't tell me you believe Superman really exists. Well, I saw him with my own eyes. He seemed to know my name and Jimmy's name. In fact, he knew everything. If it hadn't been for him, both Jimmy and I would have swallowed some of the same tea that poisoned Mr. White. I don't get the point of all this, Lois. I'm coming to it. Superman suggested that Jimmy and I go back to the office. He had a taxi cab waiting for us outside Dr. Wan's house. We left him there alone with Dr. Wan. I still don't understand. He was alone with Dr. Wan. And the next thing, Dr. Wan's murdered. Oh, but Lois, you don't think... I'll tell you what I think. Superman knows who killed Dr. Wan. Just jumping to conclusions, Lois. Maybe I am. But I'm going to find out if it's the last thing I do. I'll spread this story across the front page. Listen, if Superman is half the man he's supposed to be, he'll step forward and tell all he knows. Dumbfounded, Clark Kent stares at Lois. For the first time in his career, his double identity is in danger of being exposed. What will he do? Don't forget to tune in next time for another thrill-packed episode with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up at the side. Look. It's a bang. It's a bang. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice 
disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. The brutal murder of Dr. Chi Wan, famous oriental scholar and art collector, has served to deepen the mystery surrounding the dragon's teeth. Ten pieces of ancient Chinese jade said to contain the secret of everlasting life. Recovered from an attempt to kill him with poison tea, editor Perry White of the Daily Planet is discussing the strange chain of events with Lois Lane, star reporter, in the privacy of his office. Listen. I'll never forget it as long as I live, Lois. I was sitting opposite Chi Wan, no further away than you are. He looked at me and there was something strange in his eyes. And then he said, before the next sun rises, I'll be dead. He was right. But what were you and Clark Kent doing down there in the first place, Mr. White? Well, he telephoned me and said he had something important to discuss. Come in. Oh, hello, Lois. You want to see me, Mr. White? Uh, yes, yes, Kent. Come on in. Sit down. Well, you seem to have recovered from the ill effects of that poison tea, Mr. White. Kent, how in heaven's name you ever got me to the hospital in time will always be a mystery. Yes, that's another thing I wondered about. Dr. Wan said you both vanished into thin air. No, no, wait a minute. We'll come to that later. Oh, Kent, uh, I was telling Lois how poor T. Wan called the turn on his own death. Yes, he seemed to know it was coming. But you still haven't told me what you two were doing at Dr. Wan's apartment. Why you went there? What happened? Well? You tell her, Kent. Well, here's the whole story, Lois. It seems that Dr. Wan had discovered an ancient Chinese manuscript that revealed a great medical secret. The secret of everlasting life. What? The manuscript said that the ten teeth of the sacred green dragon were each engraved with a symbol describing ten medicinal herbs found in the mountains of western China. Wait a minute. What's the sacred green dragon? Mm, it was carved out of wood. They used it as an idol in a Chinese temple. And its teeth were pieces of pure jade. Oh, go on. Well, these ten herbs, according to Dr. Wan's interpretation of the ancient manuscript, when ground into a powder, would render the human body free of disease. Sounds like a pipe dream to me. Mm, that's what I said. Well, at any rate, Dr. Wan had found nine of the dragon's teeth, and the man who owned the tent, a jeweler named Walter Huffman, was trying to get them away from him. Dr. Wan feared for his life and wanted Mr. White to take the nine pieces of jade in case anything happened to him. Mm, that's when I took a drink of that poison tea and went out like a light. That's right. Dr. Wan was out of the room at the time getting the jade, but Mr. White looked so sick I couldn't wait for him to return, so I... Oh, I guess that's about where Jimmy and I came in. You see, I figured you were both out on a big story, so I followed you down to Chinatown with Jimmy. You shouldn't have done that, Lois. Well, maybe not, but I did. At any rate, we got to Dr. Wan's apartment after being chased up the steps. He told us you'd been there, and you were completely baffled by your sudden disappearance. Then he offered us some tea. Both Jimmy and I were about to drink it, and someone came crashing through the window and knocked the cups out of our hands. Now, you can laugh if you want to, but it was Superman. Yeah, that can't. Lois says this Superman was dressed in a blue costume and a red cloak. Yes, uh, she told me. Well, what do you make of it? It's a little hard to believe. Kent, young Jimmy Olsen spoke to me a few hours ago swore that he'd seen Superman three or four times, down South America and out west. Have you ever seen him, Kent? Who, me? Yeah. You've been with Jimmy on all those trips. Oh, I can't say I have, Mr. White. Well, I saw him, and I'm not nearsighted. Not only that, but I'm convinced he was the last one to see Dr. Wan alive. We should make every effort to get him to come forward and tell his story. Well, what do you think of that, Kent? Lois wants me to run a front-page appeal to this Superman, whoever he is. Wait a minute. I have it here. Listen to it. An open letter to Superman. Three days ago, the brilliant Chinese scholar, Dr. Chi Wan, was brutally murdered in his apartment. 
The Daily Planet has reason to believe that you, Superman, were the last person to see Dr. Wan alive. In the name of decency, we ask you to come forward and tell all you know. How does that strike you, Kent? Well, it doesn't, Mr. White. Why not? I don't know, but I, I don't think it'll do any good. I think the best bet is to question Walter Huffman. Uh, the police have already done that. They can't pin a thing on him. Hey, you must have a reason for not wanting Superman to come forward, Mr. Kent. What is it? Reason? Why? Why should I have a reason? Oh, I don't know, but I want well, to... The only thing is that if there's no such person as Superman, we'll be the laughing stock of the city. Wait a minute. What I heard someone at the door. Oh! Jimmy! Oh. Jimmy Olsen! Now, what do you mean by eavesdropping at my office door? Well, I didn't mean it. What? I mean, I couldn't help it. Well, just what do you mean? Close the door, Kent. Well, I, I heard you talking about Dr. Chi Wan and, and Superman. Well, before I knew it, I was down on one knee listening through the keyhole. Listen, you're all wrong about Superman. He's as real as you are, Mr. White. Remember when we were out west with Comanche Joe, Mr. Kent? Didn't the Indians see him flying through the air, and didn't they call him the man who flies like a bird, didn't they? Yes, but... And even before that, when we went down to South America to find that sunken gold ship, didn't Superman rescue me from that tunnel where those Spanish fellows locked me up? And didn't I talk to him? Well, you, you said you did. Well, I did. Well, Superman's real, all right. He's the strongest guy in the world. He can knock a hole in a brick wall and push over a locomotive That's enough. That's enough. But I tell We're you... not paying you to make speeches. But listen, Your Mr. job White, is to run copy. Now get back to work. Go on. Yes, ma'am. What? I mean, yes, sir. Go on. Get out. Get, right, get. <laughs> Poor kid. He's scared stiff. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Kent. I, I want to think over this open letter to Superman that Lois wants me to run. Are you really serious about running that, Chief? Well, I'm not sure. Well, do as you see fit. I'm going to investigate Walter Huffman. The police reported that Dr. Wan's nine pieces of jade are missing. And it's my hunch that not only is Huffman responsible for Chi Wan's death, but that he now has all ten dragon's teeth. So what's the use of running that open letter? Don't you agree with me, Chief? No. Give me the press room. But, now listen, Chief. Bogarty, Harry White, save me a box on the front page. About 24 lines over two columns. Rip off whatever you've got there now. Whipstray, Whipstray, Superman wanted in murder mystery. Whipstray, Superman wanted in murder mystery. Walter Huffman speaking. The reporter from the Daily Planet would like to see you, Mr. Huffman. The reporter? Yes. Send him in. The Daily Planet. Hmm. Mr. Huffman? Come in, please. Thank you. Can I do for you, young man? Uh, my name is Clark Kent, Mr. Huffman. I'm with the Daily Planet. Yes? Uh, the editorial staff is presenting a gift to one of our women employees who is about to be married. Yes? We thought a jade necklace might be a nice gift, and since I understand you deal in jade, I came to you first. You understand I deal in jade? Oh, yes. Don't you? Sometimes, Mr. Kent. Sometimes I deal in other things. Well, do you have some jade on hand? No, Mr. Kent. I have no jade. Uh, none at all? None at all. Oh. Well, uh, that's too bad. Yes, Mr. Kent, it is too bad. You work for the Daily Planet? Yes, yes, I, I, I'm a reporter. Then you have seen this paper. Huh? Oh, that. Oh, that's not in my department. I see. Not in your department? No. You know this Superman? Do I know him? No, no, I don't. Somebody on your paper knows him. Well, that, that I couldn't say. You uh... couldn't say? No. Of course, you are aware that Chi Wan was my friend. 
that the police questioned me about his untimely death? I, I read that in the paper. Yes, of course. Well, now, about the jade, Mr. Hoffman. I am sorry, but I have no jade. Perhaps some other time, Mr. Kent. Thank you for calling. Well, uh, Good day. Yes, uh, goodbye. Cooling. Huffman, come up at once. I need you for something very important. Very important. Mr. White. Mr. White. Hi, dear. Telegram, Mr. White. Yeah, let me have it. Great Scott. What is it? Get Clark up from Lois Lane. Tell him I want him here in my office at once. Yes, sir. I'll get him. This is the most amazing thing I've ever heard of. What a story it'll make. Give me the press room. Story of the year. Hello, Fogarty. Perry White. I want the front page of tomorrow's first edition kept wide open until you hear from me. Right. Kenny said you wanted to see me, Mr. White. Where's Kent? Well, he left the office about an hour ago. I didn't come back. Well, here. Here, read this. Just came in. Yes. Editor, Daily Planet. I am willing to tell my story about Chi Wan's murder, but for reasons which you should understand, I cannot come to you. You must come to me. I will meet you in the Carson Mansion tonight at 8. The door will be open. Walk in. Sign, Superman. Good heavens, Mr. White. The Carson Mansion's about five miles out of town. We can't wait for Kent. It's 7.30 now. Do you want to go along with me? Do I? I should say so. Okay, get your hat and coat. We haven't much time. Looking all boarded up. Come on. Let's go right on up to the door. Gee, certainly picked a lonely place to meet us. Didn't the telegram say the door would be open? Huh? Oh, yes. And it is. Follow me, Lois. Mr. White, I, I don't like it in here. What's that? A bell. Tolling the hour. It's just eight. Mr. White, do, do you think that wire really was from Superman? Do you think he's here? Is Superman waiting for them in the deserted mansion? Or is someone else lurking in the darkness? Don't forget to tune in next time and follow the thrilling story of The Dragon's Teeth. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!